you know that old adage that actions speak louder than words, and uh, that really does apply to our faith. You might remember the book of James where James talked very clearly about show me your faith by doing something, do the right things. And I think we can serve others, and that speaks volumes of the faith that we have. I'm John Fuller, along with my focus colleague, Dr. Danny Huerta. And Danny, um, I know you have spent a lot of time traveling and, and meeting with a lot of folks. And even in recent podcasts, you've talked about the value of serving others. Why is that so important, and, and what stories do you have in terms of serving others? Yeah, it's, and there's so many, really, and, and watching people serve others, you see love in action, true, genuine love. When somebody's genuinely serving someone, I feel loved when somebody decides to serve me without anything, any expectation of anything in return uh, towards coming towards them. And I really uh, have, I, I remember this one kind of vintage person, I'll say. <laughs> they were, they were in, a, in a time in their life where they had some extra time, yeah. yet they were so intentional with that time wanting to serve and show love. And it meant a lot, not only to me and those around this person, but I could see it be something super meaningful to the person serving. Hmm. There's a lot, lot of life that you get by serving others. And God has told us that, yet we don't really do it very often. Yeah. Well, we're going to finish up a really powerful conversation we've heard um, parts of over the past several episodes. Mark Matlock and David Kinneman spoke with Jim Daly. Uh, they're part of the Barna Group, and they have great insights on the power of serving. Let's get the, the last one here, uh, and unfortunately, we, we had it fairly quickly, but it's uh, the countercultural mission to love and serve others. I mean, this is outstanding and so critical, but it's this idea of serving. Yeah, and it's really where the rubber meets the road of faith. So, you know, we're formed in our identity in Christ. We're, we have the mind of Christ formed in Scripture. That's countercultural discernment. We're in meaningful relationships with others. We have a vocation in the world. Uh, but people could stop at those four practices. And if you don't actually witness for the gospel, evangelistically pray for others, all of these uh, important things, to expect God to show up in a miraculous way. Um, as I was finishing up this project, I was out in a uh, shopping center with my son, and, and I remember this young woman who was helping us in the store sort of ambled up. I could tell she was limping, and I offered to pray for her. And uh, my son looked at me like, what in the world are we doing here? Because that's not, not my usual, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's just, I remember his, his, like his head swiveled up at me like, what in the world? Dad, this is embarrassing. And uh, we prayed for him, and I remember afterwards... Uh, my son, you know, sort of said, we really believe this, don't we? Like, it was a, this really interesting moment where we, we practice mm -hmm. countercultural mission. If we expect God to show up, this isn't just words on a page. This is a real God who expects, you know, his people to, you know, sort of demonstrate, just like we see in the life of Daniel, a, a real belief that God is active and alive in the world. And we're just, we get the privilege of, of being, you know, sort of agents of that kind of change. Yeah. And ending on that high note, Mark, uh, you both have witnessed what's going on with young people in the missions field, particularly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Give us that story or that highlight, and then we'll close. One of the things that we've come to realize is that exiles have these moments of epic trust, where they have to literally put everything on the line for believing in God 
in this moment. We don't know when those moments will occur. We don't know exactly when they'll happen. But we have to be demonstrating those things in our life and giving them an opportunity. Um, we have a, a generation that is excited about going into the world and making a difference and seeing really incredible things happen in the name of Jesus. These aren't political battles. They're not cultural wars. That's not what living on countercultural means. It means living in these moments of epic trust in God huh. and demonstrating and displaying that trusting in God makes a difference. And resilience seemed to understand that. And there's a moment that comes, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in front of that image of gold, Esther, when she's challenged by Mordecai to uh, go and confront the king about uh, the, the nation of Israel. Knowing she could lose her life. Knowing she could lose her life. Yeah. These are the moments. And I believe that as we see a generation raised up in exile, they are going to have more and more of those moments. And we're going to see God do some incredible things yeah. to reveal himself to people. Wow. I mean, this has been so good these last two days. Uh, David and Mark, a wonderful book, Faith for Exiles. It's really aimed for that teen or 20-something, but I'm telling you, everybody can benefit from reading the content of the research that you've done. Thank you for those hours that it required to do this and to identify those four types of young Christians today, their struggles uh, and their victories. And uh, this is so good. So Danny, David and Mark brought up uh, this idea of epic trust, which I thought was a great thing. I've never really heard of it uh, spoken that way. But uh, what about the parent who says, I'm just ordinary? I really am just an average parent. I'm not, I'm not the Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. I'm not the star. Um, offer some encouragement to that person that may be a little more behind the scenes. Yeah, what does it mean to be an average parent? I mean, <laughs> that's all filled with comparison. And well, I guess most parents don't even feel that, do they? <laughs> that's right. I, you know, I, I would say that really uh, it, it's, it's about doing the best you can with what you've got and loving your kids with your whole heart. I mean, trying the best you can. And sometimes that would be imperfect, and sometimes it'll be a little drier the way that uh, you, you come towards your kids as far as love, and there'll be times where you're, you're just hitting it right. Uh, as a parent, you're invited into a place of molding and shaping and loving your kids, and you're the person that's been chosen to do that with the kids you've got. And so lean into it, and uh, I got a note from my daughter today, and she said, Dad, uh, life is not an emergency. Make sure you enjoy it. Hmm. Life is like a dessert. Savor every moment and let it dissolve on your tongue. Happy brand new Thursday, Dad. And so... These are words of wisdom. That's fantastic. She loves to get quotes and interweave them yeah. as, as life-giving words. And as we think about that in our invitation as parents, what does that mean? We savor the day with what we've got there. It doesn't mean, it doesn't say, hey, be the most perfect parent every day. Be a loving parent. And you know what that means within your relationships with your kids. Hey, take a simple step. Write a note or two or hug your kids. Uh, give them a genuine smile. And those are the things that begin to remember over time. Mm. Be consistent yeah. as a parent. Yeah. I think... Um, as we wrap up here, I'll just admit that early on in my parenting journey, I was really about behavior and getting mm -hmm. that right. These days, I'm much more about encouraging words. And so I might say to one of the, one of the kids, I wonder what God's got, you know, for you today. I wonder what, I wonder what he has planned for you. Mm -hmm. um, and even as you're speaking, I'm thinking, I've got a daughter going on a road trip. 
I'm just going to remind her, I'm going to be praying for God to reveal himself along the way. As the miles click, click by, I want, I want him to speak to you. Um, those are small things, but they're really meaningful to me at this stage. And I think the kids, they, they much prefer that over any sort of input I'd have on behavior and choices. Well, and parents are so foundational yeah. to a, a child's development. And the words parents bring are meaningful, whether they know it or not. Always meaningful, yes. yeah. Well, one of the best tools that we have here at Focus to help you uh, in this parenting journey is our free parenting assessment, which takes five, ten minutes maybe. Um, you just answer some questions. Uh, the tool will point you to resources and follow-up. And uh, we've got the link for our free parenting assessment in the show notes. If you want to do a deeper dive on uh, what David Kinnaman and Mark Matlock were talking about, get a copy of their book, Faith for Exiles. We've got the link for the book in the show notes. We're making it available today for a donation of any amount to the ministry of Focus on the Family. So contribute generously as you can, and uh, we'll have the link in the show notes. Next time, we'll hear from Chris Howard and Shelley Tomlinson, and uh, they're going to be sharing lessons that they've learned as grandparents. For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks so much for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.